The Missing Intelligence Podcast is part of the Acast Creators Network. Could you imagine a chat between Ray Winstone and uh, Harry Redknapp? <laughs> You'd need subtitles. Not a hard H in sight between them two. It's all Harry. You are Harry. <laughs> Soft R's. You want some water, Harry? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Missing Intelligence Podcast. My name is Michael Hobley. I'm here with Joe Barker. We're just two mates with a lot to say, but no to say it to. Joe, how you doing, mate? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, not bad. I um, I didn't get home last night until about three, half three in the morning. Oh, um, don't so stop out. It's, I know. Um, so for... Those listening who don't know, uh, I am a drummer in a um, in a amateur band, and the band that I play in is actually uh, the theme music that you hear for this podcast is that band. So if you do want to go check them out, uh, the band's called Simmons and the Stags, and the song that we use for our, our our podcast is called "Is It Over." So check that out if you if you've got five minutes. Uh, and we had a gig at the Tramlines Festival in Sheffield yesterday, so I drove home at about eleven o'clock. Didn't get home till about three. From Sheffield, it was um, so we had we had a gig on Friday in Finsbury, uh, which went really really well. There was a band before us, a band after us, both of which were bloody incredible. And then yeah, yesterday we had on Saturday the Tramlines Festival in in Sheffield, and we ended up playing a shortened set because of timings, because other bands were late and overran and all that kind of stuff. So we only were able to play twenty five minutes instead of our. 45 minutes that we were promised and we played to about eight ten people <laughs> in uh <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great but that's just the nature of fringe festivals um, yeah you're not guaranteed an audience so it's just one of those no. things we still put on a professional normal show that we would normally do but yeah it's just one of those things it's kind of a at least it's like a very intimate gig yeah and it was quite funny because we we do like a uh, an audience participation bit, so it was literally like, "There's no way you're getting away with this because we literally could see every single one of you. <laughs> you, you have to participate." <laughs> and I suppose you couldn't really you you couldn't really get shit off of the crowd because you would know who it was. Your shit. We were getting like yeah, we were getting like the bar. I see staff. you back there, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was you. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, I've, I've played Sheffield now. What was good actually is, so we got there fairly early, and we didn't get. We weren't supposed to play until about I think it was like quarter past ten. So we was walking around like the high streets and where the festivals are in the middle of the city centre, and every every street you went down, there was live music playing in a venue. And it was so good to see because live live music is is dying in this country, and to see every venue chock a block with people watching live music was great. It was good to see. Yeah, and to be fair, I know it sounds horrible, but uh, we used to go quite a lot to go see um, different bands and stuff playing in like random pubs and such. Mm. And there was a couple of times where the band was awful, but it's still a really good time. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a really good time, and, and um... this, uh, I I've come to realize. So there's there's a bit of a stereotype that I've I, I kind of got opened my eyes to, is Northerners they have a lot more time to focus on 
creativity and music and stuff so they become incredibly talented musicians or artists or whatever whereas in london it's all like oh the posh boys who just put money behind it and that's how they that's how they do their creativity yeah i'll tell you what every northern band that i've experienced like unsigned local band or whatever because we did a little tour up north were just fucking fantastic every single one of them musically Mm. so very talented and i'm jealous i wish i was that talented it's it's the accent for me as well like there's certain bands um the arctic monkeys in particular where you can really hear alex turner's accent coming through the song it, it sort of adds another layer and and it, again, depending where you're from, like Yorkshire, for example, is quite a flowy accent, isn't it? Yorkshire, kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've already got that kind of rhythmic way of talking. Yeah. So there's got to be something into that. I wonder if there's like some doctor out there of like linguistics or something has conducted a study yeah some research into it also i don't know yeah (laughs) well we'll have a look on the internet and then we'll get back to all our beautiful fans oh yeah because we're going to become experts through the internet yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah how how are you joe what you been up to um not much to be honest mate um i've been planning on getting down to the cinema for a couple of reasons that we'll uh we'll be getting into a little bit further into the episode right um but haven't quite got around to it yet uh i went golf today Done nice. little nine holes of golf. So. Oh, is that why you're wearing the polo? Is it? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressed for the occasion. <laughs> uh, I, I do like a bit of golf. It was very windy today, though, and it didn't go too well, no. to be honest. You're but, blaming the wind, um, not your ability. No, it was definitely the wind. Oh, definitely okay. right. the wind. Oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I spent quite a bit of time in sand bunkers today, which I don't usually do. And because I don't usually get in the sand bunkers, um, I'm not very well versed in getting out of them. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of a struggle. So while the rest there of them was... were on hole seven, you were still like, <laughs> one in the bunker. <laughs> there was a couple of times where the ball just, I picked it up and just launched it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can get away with that in the PGA Tour. It's yes, handball, um, isn't it? <laughs> when, when you're playing with mates, I think it was understandable. <laughs> so you didn't have a great time today then, Joe, with your golf? Um, no, I I did. It, it was kind of nearer the end that I, it started to go downhill a little bit. I had some good shots at the start. Got a couple sort of near enough or on the green on the first few holes. But yeah, my short game was off. I broke out the driver today I, I don't tend to use my driver too often um my, my big bertha i call it um <laughs> is that the one yeah, with, was, what one's the driver is that the driver's the big chunky one big chunky right i thought you yeah, i thought so you I've always got, start on that start with that it, one it, it depends on how far um you're going the, right. the course that we've been to the last few times is quite a short course okay um it's only like three par four par so it's not really somewhere you would need the driver, but there was one hole where the wind was blowing directly at us. So to I thought to counteract that, I'll just get something a bit get the big boy heavy. out. And um, what, what, what does what does three par four par mean? Uh, so that's how many shots that you would be expected to get it in. Okay, All right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. If you're good, if you're good. Right. Yeah, I mean, near the end, I think I was getting like. Eight shots on a par four. 
wasn't, it wasn't good. <laughs> so what's your handicap then? I haven't got one. Um, Is that how bad you are? Not... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because at the moment, I, I used to be really into it when I was younger. I used to get training and stuff. I had a proper golf trainer when I was like six, seven, until the age of about 10, I suppose. But then kind of stopped going and so i'm only really getting i used to go like the odd time with with my dad or, or my uncle um in between but this is the first time that i've been going back a bit more regularly so at the moment i'm just trying to get the feel of of the game back get myself back into it and then i'll start working out my handicap and and things like because we're not really doing we're not really keeping an eye on our sort of strokes at the moment we're right. just we're just yeah, as I say, just getting back into the swing of things, if you don't mind the pun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's all you did? Is, is, is that assuming we're all caught up? Are we, are we, is that everything? I think we're pretty caught up. Cool. Uh, so we're going to move on to the new segment of Questions from Uncle Disco. Questions with Uncle Disco. So Uncle Disco asked this week, Joe. What are three movies we would recommend to our to our audience, and why? Go on, you go first, Mike. Well, so um, I've done my three recommendations based on my favourite ever film, the film that I find most hilarious, and the film that made me cry. The first film that ever made me cry. My most favourite ever film ever made ever is Saving Private Ryan, and I cannot recommend that film enough it's just a cinematic masterpiece with some incredible actors namely fucking tom hanks and matt damon and vin diesel's in it and some other actors whose names escape me but they're all fucking great (laughs) it's just it's it's not based on a true story but obviously a lot of the events that some of the events that happened in it actually happened in world war ii hence like omaha beach for example it's just it's just a incredibly well done film and i feel like everyone should watch it yeah when whenever i think of that film is it's very gritty and all i can remember is that scene on omaha beach and you're very close to the action there's a couple mm. of really good moments as well i say really good it's horrible but the attention to detail for instance when there's a, a scene a, a part of it where someone's shot in the side and the exit wound is through his drinking canister and you see the clear water coming out of the canister first followed then by the blood and again it sounds horrible but the attention to detail was just incredible that's all I can really say about it and Mm. they really went into um, a lot of of detail to to make it gritty and 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 to give it that that realism and see how horrible it actually was to be in in that situation but yeah, no, incredible film. Um, that's 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 my favorite ever film, and I highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to watch it. Um, even if you're not particularly into war films, that is just well worth a watch. Moving on to Team America, I I understand why some people wouldn't want to watch it. Uh, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm a huge fan of South Park and that kind of humor. And Team America is just I can watch it over and over again and still belly laugh at points. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like it. It's um, the puppet works really good. 
I'm, I'm trying to think of things that we can talk about. That, well, there's, that so, there's so many truth. Like the thing is, the right? Line. Yeah, no, yeah, because we can't exactly <laughs> quote some of the songs, can we? Uh, no. Th- like some of the trivia is fucking hilarious, man. Like the, the whole reason why Matt Damon, all of his lines, he ha- he, they had written lines for the Matt Damon character, but the reason why they changed it to him only saying his name, Matt Damon, is because when they were making the puppet, when they got the first like prototype through, um, they were like, this this guy looks like he looks retarded. Is the is the quote? So they just made the character retarded. <laughs> just admit, damn it. <laughs> but apparently Matt Damon loved it. He, he thought it was funny. Yeah. It's, it's it's a funny film and and you can't get around. I know, again, it, there's a lot of subjects in it which are a bit non-PC, I would say. Yeah. But um, you you can't put it past what incredible writers Matt Stone and Trey Parker are, yeah. and even the songs. Like the songs are silly, but when you actually <laughs> listen to the lyrics, it's it's clever. It, it's really <laughs> yeah. clever, and and um, yeah, it is, it is a good film. I think, yeah, I think uh, I, I, it's so quotable. It's it's mm. yeah, just watch it once. And tell me you can't, you won't, you didn't enjoy it. Like it's, it's just so funny. And then moving on to the last film, Schindler's List. Again, one of those uh, films that is just all-time great films. I think that it will be under the likes of um, like Star Wars and Goodfellas and fucking Twelve Angry Men and you know all of those like staple, incredible, historic films. This has got to be up there with one of them. It's got so many creative choices, like shooting it in black or white, um, which makes the scene with the little girl going through the ghetto even more powerful because she's got a red dress on and it's the only bit of colour in the film. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible story. Isn't it a true story as well? And it's it's incredibly moving, incredibly... If you, if you really try and remember that this actually happened while you're watching it, it makes it even more heartbreaking. And there's the scene right at the end when um, the camp where Germany gets liberated and Schindler is trying to, he's basically going on the run because he's a member of the Nazi party. And he's going like, spoiler alert. He's like, Oh, I could have sold this car and that could have been 10 more people I could have saved. And Oh, there's this ring. This has golden in it. That's, that's one person there. And, and he's like starting to break down because he's, he's knowing that all of these people, all of these, these, uh, uh, all of these things that he owns, could have saved lives and he obviously knows the full extent of what happened during the war and that's what made me cry is that little bit there because he'd done so much that so many other people didn't do but what was what was even more incredible is right at the end it tells you that he saved um about 1200 jews from the camps and that their descendants today are more than eight thousand people so the fact that yeah, in the grand scheme of things, 1,200 people is nothing in comparison to the 6 million murdered by the Nazis. That's still 8,000 people that wouldn't have existed today, mm. which is in, like incredible to think about. And you, you got to remember that, that that continues generation to generation. Um, so it's only going to, you know, that number's only ever going to go yeah. up now. And yeah. yeah, you don't really take that into consideration at the time that, yeah, okay, you saved these people, but it's the people that have their descendants that would have never been alive had yeah. he not done what he done. Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, no, incredible film. 
so powerful. Yeah. Artistically as well, it's just a gorgeous looking film. Yeah. And some incredible acting as well. Obviously, um, Liam Neeson as Schindler does an mm-hmm. incredible job. But Ralph Fiennes as the Nazi leader. Oh, yeah. Ralph Fiennes does it so, so well. Um, so my first movie, Mike, is Wolf of Wall Street. It's one of my favourite movies of all times. I was just saying to you earlier, the, the way that I kind of pick my favourite films or my favourite albums, favourite songs, everything really is whether I can watch them, listen to them, play them in any mood whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So this is a film that I can watch in absolutely any mood. If if I know that I'm going somewhere on a plane or something like that and I know that I need to kill a few hours, it's the first film that I download to the phone <laughs> or to the tablet to watch. Um, although it, it can be quite awkward like last time because um, the uh, cabin crew decided to pop up and ask us if I wanted to drink <laughs> right at one of the uh, more provocative scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had to just lump my phone down quickly because it uh, did look like I was watching porn on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly which scene you're talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, apart from that, it's not a family film. I'm going to put that out there now. Um, but I, I think it's it's incredibly funny. Again, there's some real sort of like hard hitting moments in it. And it's a true story. I love films that are, that are true stories as well. Mm. Leonardo DiCaprio, how he didn't win an Oscar for this film is just oh, it's, it's a, a crime. Yeah, yeah it, it's criminal. He is so amazing in this whole thing. And it's just incredible. So if you, if you don't know the story, it's basically, it's the true story about a guy called Jordan Belfort, who was a, pretty dodgy guy made a lot of money uh just his rise in wall street pretty much and and his ultimate fall mm. um but yeah brilliant film i literally it was the first one that i thought of when yeah when we got yeah. this question from uncle disco yeah it's a long film though <laughs> it is a long yeah. film hence why i tend to watch it on a plane <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if i need to kill some time but again there's it, like leonardo obviously had an incredible acting performance but there's other great actors in there as well jonah hill being one like obviously he's he's going against his sort of typecasting in this film yeah um yeah he's he done um, a great job also and i know he's not really in it for a huge portion of the film but um matthew mcconaughey um at the start of the film it's just incredible his well, that, the, as i say the thing with matthew mcconaughey in that he's like he was literally in it for five minutes in the grand scheme of things yeah. and his performance was like noteworthy well, he got an Oscar. What for that bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, he got an Oscar for um, for a supporting role for okay. that film. But but, like, yeah, just goes to show you that the, the performance he put in. Like, he was literally in it for like five ten minutes, and he got an Oscar for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I love Martin Scorsese's films. You, you mentioned Goodfellas earlier as well, and and that's another brilliant Martin Scorsese film. Mm. Um, and he's just got a real knack for taking a true story and turning it into a, a masterpiece. And um, my second film, Mike, is a film called The Birdcage. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't. No. I've seen clips of it, but I, I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen the film. So uh, The Birdcage is a 1996 film starring um, the late great Robin Williams. Basically, the, if you haven't seen this, you need to watch it. It's, it's brilliant. It's so funny. Like I love a good fast mic. 
and this is <laughs> probably the best farce that's on on film because obviously they tend to save that kind of genre for fear. Yeah, I can I can just imagine I can just imagine from the one clip that I've seen of Robbie William, Robbie Williams in this film, I can just yeah. imagine the things he gets up to. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's so good. It's absolutely amazing. And <laughs> um, so Frank Azera plays like their houseboy, and he puts on this like really stylized, over the top sort of camp character, <laughs> and he's so funny. And also a little bit later in the film, when again when when they have the dinner party, when they're trying to sort of cover up who they are. Mm he is supposed to play like this manservant who's like really posh and how to do, but the way that Hank Azera flicks between the two, <laughs> the, the two sort of characters that he's trying to play is just amazing. And it, yeah, I think he's overlooked sometimes as an actor, but this is a real testament to yeah. what he can actually do. And it, again, it's, it's just so hilarious. I, you definitely need to watch it. My last film, Mike, is the original Italian job. With Michael Caine. Um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. What can I say? This was one of the first films that I enjoyed. Right. It's one of my dad's favourite films. We used to watch it quite a lot. It's, it's, a, it's about a, a heist in Italy during the World Cup. And there's not much in the way of a... It's not really a huge story-driven film. But just... The humour in it is really dry, but incredibly funny. Um, there's some some good action scenes in it, uh, like with the Mini Coopers, mm. um, which for the time was was amazing. Um, they went through loads of actual Mini Coopers as well, trying to film <laughs> the film. Um, it's it, Don't get this mistaken with whatever drivel they released in 2003 with Jason Statham, by the way, because that was <laughs> shocking. That was that is not the Italian job, and yeah. I think I'm going to start a petition to make that film change its name because it's shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a good entertaining film, so um, yeah, definitely give that one a watch. Well, for you listening, uh, what we're going to be doing on our social media is we're going to put a poll out there for you to let us know what film you would recommend for us to watch. So keep an eye out for that. And we'll also add it on to you Spotify listeners. We're going to add it onto this uh, episode. If you click onto it, there's going to be a Q&A section. Let us know your thoughts on what film you would recommend for us to watch. But sticking on the topic of uh, of movies, Joe, it's a very, very, very big weekend for cinemas because it's Barbenheimer season. Whoop! Everyone is going through a Barbenheimer fucking frenzy right now. <laughs> for those of you who've been living under a rock Barbie and Oppenheimer two separate films have come out on exactly the same day and have been compared and be basically versing each other for weeks now and it's come out of cinema and now that's all everyone's ever fucking talking about it's, it's, <laughs> I want to start by saying before we actually get into the nitty gritty of this it's genuinely kind of similar to what I was saying about the music uh, in the Tramlines Festival. It's genuinely really, really good to see everyone going out to the theatres and to cinemas to watch movies because I've been getting really fed up with this streaming culture that we, we've we sort of got ourselves into where films are just going to go straight into streaming. 
keep the cinemas alive man i love this cinema experience so it's good to see that they, that they've gone the way of cinemas and cinemas are having a great weekend with it um so much so in the us um it's this year uh, barbie has been the biggest box office success this year it's beaten um spider-man across the spider-verse uh, with 150 million in the first day in the US alone. Wow. Yeah, which beats its projected target, which was 110 million. So it's already beaten it in one day. Jeez. Whereas Oppenheimer, its prediction was 50 million. It's currently sitting at 75 million uh, on the opening day, which is incredible, really. It, it's bizarre that these two films that are so, such complete different ends of the spectrum have ended up. I know, obviously, it's because of the release dates coming at the same time, but yeah, for the they're not so much being compared. But you know what? This is brilliant because, Mike, you were just saying about um, getting people out to cinemas and and this whole streaming culture. I don't think until kind of nowish we haven't really repaired after COVID because obviously when COVID hit, cinemas took a big hit and we couldn't go. And it's still been a very slow process in getting people back into the cinemas. And now, I feel like over the last couple of years, there have been very few and far between the releases of big films. You'd have a Marvel film here and there, and that would get me to the cinema, obviously, because it's Marvel. But there's nothing really that's been... We've not really had a weekend with two massive films coming out at the same time since before COVID. So maybe this is like, this This is the change now and that things are going to be starting to pick up again after the menace bug. Yeah, and um, obviously it's, it's, there's a little bit of a hump in the road with the writer strikes, which we touched on last week. But there are a lot of films in the pipeworks at the moment and a lot of trailers coming out, which is what we're going to be talking about in the, in, in just a few moments. Um, so it's, it's looking like that there's going to be more and more experiences coming through where hopefully more films coming out to cinema and, and creating that culture back up again. Have you ever gone to cinema by yourself? No. I have. It's a fucking great time, man. I went and saw the, the menu with oh um, nice and uh, ralph fines again ralph fines oh, uh, do you know what i was going to bring that up when you were talking about ralph fines because i was going to say have you seen the menu because his performance in that is incredible as yeah, well yeah and and as i say anya taylor joy is brilliant in it as well yeah who's obviously co-starring yeah i went i went i went and saw that by myself and i, I literally had the entire theater to myself oh really it was fantastic yeah great experience oh nice um I'm actually going to see Oppenheimer on Tuesday, not by myself. I'm going to go with my girlfriend. Um, so I'm sure we're going to have a big segment next week about our critique of Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited for it. It looks like an incredible film. Yeah, me too. From all the trailers when it was first announced, I know Killy, um, Killian Murphy is an incredible actor as well. Um, obviously, Christopher Nolan, incredible director. Yeah, and another director that prefers... Um, Practical effects. Practical effects, yeah. 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 So I already n- knew about this film and already wanted to go see it, but then you start hearing the stories behind it, the fact that it's got the, the biggest explosion ever filmed on camera, mm-hmm. um, and then all the reviews that have been coming out since about how incredible it is, and and like you you mentioned before we started, Mike, how um, people were saying that it's, it's probably going to be one of the films of the century, mm. just because of how how brilliant it is and um people like you hear stories of people coming out and they're just a bit down in the dumps in a way like it because it really makes you think about this monstrosity 
mm. that he created. But I think any film that can kind of make you think about things like that and, and really have a, an effect on on you in that kind of way, it's, it goes to show what a good film is. But it, it makes me laugh that, that a film that is having that reaction to it where it's like so uh, morbid, if you like, in its con- in its content is being so heavily compared purely just because of the release date to a film that's completely the opposite. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which is about a, a toy. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Barbie doll. Yeah. You mentioned some of the uh, sort of the behind the scenes stuff of, of it coming out. I've got some trivia here, Joe. First of all, Matt Damon promised his wife that he would take a break from acting on one condition that he would put that on hold if Christopher Nolan would called for a job. And he did. Nolan offered this role. Uh, as Leslie Groves, and he went on that. He he put hold on that acting break. Uh, Matt Damon also said that he, when he read the script for the first time, uh, which was given to him by Christopher Nolan, he said he was flabbergasted to see that it was written on red paper and in the first person, which is a format he had never personally seen before. Essentially, what 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 the how he wrote the script because he wanted it to be heavily from Oppenheimer's point of view. So he wrote the script from Oppenheimer's point of view. So he, he explained that it wasn't uh, Oppenheimer moved to the window. It was I moved to the window. And oh, that's wow. how he wrote That's how he wrote the script. Um, oh, so all the stage directions were in first person. Yeah. Um, oh, and wow. He, he, and Nolan said he wanted to create this atmosphere around the set with both the actors and the crew that everything is on uh, Killian Murphy's shoulders as Oppenheimer and everyone is there to assist him and support him. As, as it would have been in the case of Oppenheimer's story. Um, Again, that's another testament to what a good actor to, uh, Killian Murphy is because mm. it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the trivia I have for this film. <laughs> <laughs> there are some other bits, but they're not particularly... More! Give me more! <laughs> oh, there, oh um, there are no CGI shots in the film. There you go. Oh, none at all. And that is why it's got to be a good film. And that's why I stick to my guns and say that fuck CGI. Yeah. Do everything in camera. If you can't do it in camera, fuck off. Yeah. I mean, CGI has its place, as I said. It has its place yeah, in the same Yeah, that, that might have been a bit full on. Because <laughs> I don't know how they would have ever made Endgame without a CGI. But I mean, if you can do it in camera, do it in camera. Don't be lazy. <laughs> don't just go and put it on the CGI artist desk and say yeah do that for me yeah. for minimum wage <laughs> do it yourself <laughs> so um so actually the last bit of trivia i have for that for oppenheimer is it's um it's planned to be released everywhere in the world bar japan it hasn't been banned from japan yet but there's just no actual release date in japan as as yet for obvious reasons yeah and i think the whole idea of the film not not the film the whole idea of the bomb is already something that that people are questioning and and don't believe should exist. So it's this is the type of film where you're always going to receive backlash. Mm. So Christopher Nolan obviously had quite a harsh job on his hands to kind of do it in a bit more of a respectful way, tell the story, but not to glorify it. Um, um, from what I've heard, he's he's done well. I'm curious to see if they're going to take more of a step for this being like a during the war story up to the point of it being used 
or whether or not that that's just like the prelude to the film, but the most part of the film is going to be the after story of Oppenheimer and how he reacted to it being used in his later and later on in his life and the rest of his life from that mm. point. Because I, I really want to know what kind of effect it would have on a person knowing that you've just invented the most devastating weapon humankind has ever created. Because mm. that's got to take some toll on you. Yeah. You know? So I'm yeah. I'm curious to see how they how they actually go because not much has get, been given away in the trailer. But yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to go see it on Tuesday. Can't wait. It's gonna be great. Um, to um to bring the energy, not the energy, but bring the uh, emotion back up slightly, yeah. Mike. Should we talk about Barbie? <laughs> no, no. This is there's been a lot of um talk lately about what way people are gonna watch it. Whether you're gonna watch Barbie first or you're gonna watch Oppenheimer. And I think one of the reasons the Barbie has done so well is I think everyone's so depressed after coming out of Oppenheimer that they just <laughs> turn around and go straight back into Barbie to give them a sense of purpose again. Yeah. Yeah, Barbie's got its own audience plus the Oppenheimer <laughs> audience. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so that's definitely the way I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna watch Oppenheimer first, then I'm gonna follow it up with a bit of Barbie. Just to... See, now you mentioned about seeing Barbie as well as Oppenheimer. I have absolutely no interest to see Barbie. Do you know what? I've 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 actually heard some really good things. I actually think it looks quite entertaining. To be honest, it's, it's got a really good cast. It looks fun. It just looks like I don't know. It just looks like an easygoing film that you could just enjoy. It, it kind of reminds me of Enchanted. Yeah. Where it's like a like a, a Disney character come to life kind of thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's the same story. It's Barbie coming to life in the real in the real world. Like it's I feel I feel like it's 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 just a um a formula that's been done to death. I, I really have no interest to see it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, oh, well I'll have to um, I'll have to bring all the Barbie gossip next week then. But I have got a few articles saying that it's like, for example, people are saying that Ryan Gosling um, is a standout performer and deserves an Oscar. Oh, really? Yeah, he's wow. saying that he's saying that that, that he's a uh, he's a scene stealing um, actor in this film. Going back to what we were saying about Leonardo DiCaprio, how he didn't win an Oscar for uh, for Wolf of Wall Street, but then won an Oscar for The Revenant, which, in my opinion, wasn't a very good film. Ryan Gosling has done some incredible films like you look at some of them that have flown under the radar like gangster squad um, nice guys nice guys yes yeah, he's had some really good performances and then to <laughs> win a um an oscar for barbie yeah he's gotta be like what the what, what did i do wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but no, I'm I'm quite excited to it. I'd I'd love to say that the reason that I'm going to see it is because I made a deal with the fiance that if we watch Oppenheimer, then I'd watch Barbie with her. Um, but no, I'm actually generally <laughs> generally excited to watch it. I think it actually looks really entertaining. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be like lighthearted fun, and it'll be just mm. easy watching. But I think I'm just going to wait until it's streaming. I know I know I've just berated streaming services, but. <laughs> it's not something I'd want to go spend money on to watch. But I'll tell you what, though, going looking at the uh, trailer, obviously it starts off where they're in Barbie land and then she gets given the opportunity to go into the real world and see what the real world's like. I was genuinely hoping when I was watching the trailer for the first time that this Barbie film was gonna is going to turn out like Sausage Party. 
where it, like it starts off where it looks like it's all like child friendly and it's going to be and happy it's really and depressing then... and horrible when she gets to the real yeah. world <laughs> yeah I've... it might it might well do it might do because it's not like um it's not like a kids film is it not no Rain, no, they've they've done it. To, I think it's a PG thirteen. But oh, they've that's, gone that's a kids' film. Come on. No, but they've 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 directed it. Or Greta Greta Gerwig. She says that she's kind of done it in more of an adult theme. Okay. So it could well be. <laughs> see, no, I actually saw an article of someone saying that they took their daughters to see it, and they got bored during the film that they started doing cartwheel competitions in the theater. Um, so I'm wondering whether or not that this is a generational gap film where the the actual kids these days won't really know Barbie to the extent that our generation and older would know Barbie. Yeah. So I don't know if Barbie's actually still much of a thing these days. I, I think you can still buy Barbie dolls and it's still quite a big brand. But like you say, I don't it, a, a kid's more sort of playing Barbie games on the PlayStation or they yeah. like because I know that obviously the big thing is like Roblox and Fortnite yeah. video games as opposed to actual physical toys that kids are playing yeah. with. So, yeah, that might have been her thinking behind it is that actually we're going to aim this more at the older generation. Like a nostalgic because, type thing, yeah. Yeah, because um, there's not a lot of kids that are going to really recognise it as much as, as yeah. like our generation and, and maybe a little bit older. I have no idea about Barbie, like the toy <laughs> itself. So I don't know yeah. if it is still much of a thing or if it's more of like a collectible. I don't know. But I'm wondering if that is a thing. And maybe, like like you said, maybe that was the reasoning behind Greta's choice of making it more adult friendly because maybe she recognises that it's not really, the toy culture isn't as big as it used to be, perhaps. I don't know. I've got a bit of news, Mike, um, well, around Mattel. So obviously they're they're the I don't know if they're the creators, but they own Barbie and they own a couple of other toys and games um, similar to like Hasbro, um, and they've said that that because of the popularity of the Barbie film, they're gonna do I think it's about thirty uh, films all to do with their products. So some of them that we've got coming out is um, a uno game uh you know you know the card game there's going to be a a movie for uno um you're also going to have a movie for hot wheels there's going to be a hot wheels movie um in a similar vein you know match um matchbox cars they're going to have a movie about that and the funniest one in my opinion mike is the viewmaster movie do you know what viewmaster is i don't know so viewmaster is literally just a pair of goggles Oh, come off it. Then you would load into it a set of pictures and you would just scroll through the pictures. Um, But yeah, they're going to be making a movie about that as well, apparently. So God knows what that's going to be about. (laughs) Whether it's going to be like a magical view master that they can load it up and whatever scenery they look at, it transports them there or... See, okay, I'm going to go on a rant now. Right. So, <laughs> hold on to your socks. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> first of all, I hate this fucking rehashing culture that we have right now, where they're taking so many films from back in the day and remaking them. Right. 
just leave them as they were getting a get a, just get a fucking original idea for once in your life just leave what it is it's, it's a set in stone pit of fucking history leave it there get a fucking original idea you fucking lazy bastards all right and the next thing is now that they've seen success in one thing they're gonna fucking rinse it as much as they can with loads of other just how can you make a film out of Viewmaster and uno are you joking and fucking hot wheels i can understand to an extent but that's just going to be bloody lightning mcqueen all over again cars that's just going to be that again and then that goes back into the point of get an original idea you dickheads oh. i think we need to make up a new segment called michael's ramblings or something <laughs> like that. Mike, mike's rants oh fuming mate fuming I'm, I, you know what? I'm boycotting Barbie now. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Mattel. <laughs> We're not watching any of your films. You can stick your master up your ass. <laughs> yeah, stick it up your ass and see where the sun don't shine, you fucker. <laughs> I've, I've got some trivia for Barbie if you want it. Yeah, go on in. Um, so according to Ryan Gosling, he accepted the role as Ken after seeing that his daughter... Uh, his daughter's Ken doll was lying face down in the mud next to a squished lemon. He took a shot of the doll uh, and the lemon and sent it to Greta Gerwig saying, I shall be your Ken. His story must be told. It's <laughs> quite That's funny, brilliant. to be fair. Yeah. I like that. The way he's yeah. just taking this emotion from <laughs> the toy being stuck in the mud. Yeah, he's method, man. He's method. Uh, <laughs> okay. I would love that a story to come out like a little way down the line where he said, So, what I did is to get into character, I laid in mud for a week <laughs> next to a squished lemon. <laughs> Margot Robbie had one request to, to director Greta Gerwig. She wanted the slide from Barbie's house to go from her bedroom to her swimming pool, which uh, I think is like a typical thing that you see from kids. It's like, oh, it'd be amazing if we had a slide to go through the bedroom all the way down to the thing. And Listen, I'm, I don't know about kids, but I would love a slide going from my bedroom <laughs> to the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And I'm a grown man. I would like um, a swimming pool to begin with. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> so, Mike, you were saying about, um, we, we, we've touched briefly on the films that have just come out, um, but let's have a look at some of the films that will be coming out in the future. Um, we've had some new trailers from a couple of films. First one being The Haunted in Venice, which is right. the new Agatha Christie Praro movie um, yeah. with Kenneth Branagh. Um, first one, in my opinion, was amazing, The Murder on the Orient Express. The second one, The Death on the Nile, wasn't as good. Um, so it didn't... It, it, it was. I don't think it was as good as Murder on the Orient Express, and I think one of the big things that got me hooked on Murder on the Orient, Orient Express—that's a bit of a mouthful—is Kenneth Branagh's performance. But then going into Death on the Nile, obviously you weren't being blown away by his performance because it's something we've already sort of seen and become accustomed to. But this one looks. So this one's taking a completely different angle um, from the trailer. It looks more like a, a horror film which I reckon could be very interesting. I haven't read the Agatha Christie Haunting in Venice book, so I don't know the story. Um, but this one looks a little bit more supernatural than the first two, um, at least, again, from the trailer. Uh, but do you know what? Yeah, this is 
it's really reignited my excitement for the character. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile, um, but this trailer has really intrigued me for uh, A Haunting in Venice. It looks dark and creepy, which is right up my street. I like a good horror film. And it looks, as you said, it does look like a horror film. Um, yeah. Which I didn't know Agatha Christie wrote horrors. I thought she wrote... Um, like murder mysteries like yeah mysteries yeah yeah that was that's her main thing i think it is still a murder mystery yes yeah, so i'm i'm quite i'm quite uh, looking forward to this another film mike that's that's just released the trailer is the marvels basically a sequel to captain marvel so the story of this one is uh, monica rambeau um captain marvel and miss marvel camilla khan have they, they've all got similar powers and they somehow become entangled so whenever they use their powers they end up swapping where they are there's not really a true grasp on what the story's gonna be from these trailers in my opinion so i don't know if i'm that excited for this one just do you, yet. Do you know the story from a comic book perspective no no, no it's not okay. one that i'm familiar with if i mean you know personally that this whole new couple of phases since since the end game i have not been a good big fan of there's two, one maybe two films that i've liked the rest of them i think have been crap and the t- most of the tv shows have been hit and miss yeah this i don't think looks very good at all um, no i'm very pessimistic today aren't i you are um, pessimistic mate yeah very very glum yeah, it, yeah I don't, very negative it looks it looks pretty like it looks like it's it's got good quality and good production value Mm. like the sets look very good and the cgi looks good but i just i just you know like during the trailers they have like the little moments where it's like trying to hint that it's going to be quite humorous Mm. those little things i'm gonna be like this is just gonna be shit (laughs) (laughs) like they had the whole cats there like they're trying to rehash that joke from the first marvel film this uh captain marvel film yeah they're trying to bring that back up and then samuel jackson's I don't like how they're taking really good serious characters and changing them. Like they ruined four as a character. It looks like they're going to start ruining Nick Fury as a character because he looks mm. like he's getting going to be a bit silly this time around. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like the direction they're taking the MCU, um, and this mm. doesn't look like it's going to be a great a great film in my opinion. But I don't know. I think it's too early to call because. It's, well, it's either too early to call or it's not got much of a story because I can't really grasp a lot yeah. of story from, from the trailer. Yeah, and I know, I know that the, it's it's hard to make a judgment on a trailer, of course. And I know that there's a lot of, like, uh, I don't know if, it, if you would call it a legislator or something, but I know there's a lot of talk about they have to advertise the trailer accurately. They can't leave things out or, or alter mm-hmm. things to try and hide the plot. If it's, if it's in the trailer, it has to be in the film, basically. They yeah, can't... you can't misdirect yeah, anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering if because of that, that they're restricting what they're putting in the trailer. As you said, like you can't grasp what the story is going to be. Perhaps they're trying to keep it a secret. It wouldn't be the first time that Marvel's done that, because obviously with um, Endgame, in all the trailers for Endgame, or at least the first couple of trailers from Endgame, all the shots... And all the voiceover and stuff like that that they're taken from the film was all from the first 30 minutes so that nothing yeah. was spoiled 
around the whole story of the film and everything yeah. was so yeah it could be it could have a, a crazy twist early on in the film yeah. but yeah it's, it's it's hard to tell um i think I'm, with this one i'm probably going to wait for a couple of the reviews to come out, to come in before i sort of yeah. rush out to to see it in cinemas yeah uh, it's not going to be one that i'm going to rush to see um no I know, I literally just said that it's hard to judge a film just by its trailer, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that that good. And I'm going based on experience of all the films so far from the new new phases of Marvel. It, I've not been blown away at all with it. So, Have you seen um, Guardians of the Galaxy yet? Not yet, no. Not the third one. You need one. to watch that. It's incredible. I know, I'm, I've, I've been meaning to. Yeah, it's coming out on Disney Plus soon, so you'll get your opportunity to watch it, and you need nice. to watch it, and you need to ring me straight back afterwards. <laughs> I know it's your favourite film. Uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I won't go into it now. Um, but, Mike, you've got uh, another trailer for a film. Yeah, so we, we obviously you brought up a um, a creepy film. Uh, so there's a trailer that came out a couple of weeks ago uh, of the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer, which obviously was a game, and they've made it into film. First of all, I want to say, Joss Hutcherson playing a dad makes me feel old. <laughs> Do you remember Bridge to Terabithia? Yeah, I watched it once, and it was just, it broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's all, all I can see whenever I see that guy. And he was, what, about 10 yeah. <laughs> in yeah. that film? So, yeah, you're right. I do feel old. The game always freaked me out. Um, it's, it's full of jump scares, so I'm assuming that this is going to be full of jump scares. And it looks, it looks like it's gritty, like the game was, and it's dark, like the game game was, and creepy, like the game was. I and like it, that they haven't taken the premise of the game and used their like creative licensing mm. to make it into something completely different. I like how they've kind of kept the story and kept yeah. everything sort of involved in the game. It, yeah, I mean, I mean, who can't get creeped out by uh, decaying, uh, possessed animatronics? <laughs> you know, yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. This probably ain't going to be one that I rush to the cinema to watch because it's definitely something that I'm going to want to watch on my sofa behind some kind of I, I reckon, pillow. I reckon if I can't get anyone to go <laughs> with me, I reckon I'm going to go by myself. Yeah, this yeah. This this is one I'll go. I'll go and pay money to watch. So it's an it's another film um, based around a game, Mike. It it makes me wonder what. What games would you like to see be made in, into films? Well, that's a good question. Well, I always wanted to see uh, Warhammer made into a film, but I know Henry Cavill's trying to get that as a series, so I'm not mm. going to count that. I think Red Dead would translate as a as a really good movie to game, a uh, game to movie. Uh, I'd love to see Overwatch be made into like a movie because that that could be like a PG thirteen movie that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was just looking, as I said that, I was just looking at um, my sort of games that I've got on the side here. And, and the first one that sort of drew my eye was Red Dead Redemption, like you said. Yeah. Um, I, I think that could be a really good game. I also think like Grand Theft Auto as well could could be, or, or LA Noire, pretty much anything the sort of Rockstar's done because they're so story driven um, yeah. and they've all got really good, stories and quite action packs and and things like that um another couple of, that i'm looking at is um god of war um, yeah. i think that could make a good film or, or a tv series i just just don't cast the rock please because he's in everything else <laughs> find someone else that's a big brute 
<laughs> to play Kratos. Um, the Fallout games as well. I think they would make really good films. I, I love the um, style that the Fallout games are made in, where it's kind of like this alternate 50s where uh, everything's run on on the on nuclear power. Yeah, I think that, I think that could be better suited as a TV show. Um, yeah, maybe. And it would yeah. be sort of on the same lines of The Walking Dead. Obviously, it's mm. not zombies, but it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic type setting, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, exactly. I I've just seen Assassin's Creed. That didn't do very well, did it? No. Watch Dogs. Yeah, that would be a cool, that, cool that, premise. That would be a cool concept, yeah. Yeah, um, um, especially Watch Dogs Legion, where they're like hiring all kinds of different people off the street Yeah, as well, um, so you can get quite a diverse... The Division team. would be pretty cool to... Yeah, be. that's a good... I would have liked them to continue the World of Warcraft movie series, because I liked yeah. the film. I thought the film was great, but it didn't yeah, do it was... very well. No, it it was good, but I think it's it's for a specific uh, audience. Yeah, it's it's a very niche audience, and I know that the 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 World of Warcraft has got a huge audience. That's what I'm worried about with Warhammer. Obviously, like I say, Henry Cavill's trying to turn it into a TV series. Um, I'm worried that this it's just going to be like a one series thing because it's so niche and for a specific audience. Mm. to understand it but it depends on how they do it because you look at um the witcher like i would have said that that was quite niche but then again that's that's done really well off its own merit because it's not necessarily just the people that are going to be that enjoy playing the games that are going to watch it yeah i think if you do it in a way where it's all inclusive then it it can work in your favor so yeah it'll be interesting but yeah, I think we, we could probably do an episode on this, Mike, where we, we go over and, and, and look at what games we would like to see uh, as movies and, and maybe even do some like fan castings and, and things like yeah. that. I think that could be quite entertaining down the line. So, Mike, while, while we're talking about games, um, I've, I've got a few bits of news um, surrounding new releases. Oh, cool. um, it's, it's been San Diego Comic-Con over the last uh, weekend. And okay. obviously with the lack of... Marvel and DC movies that they haven't actually gone to Comic-Con this year uh, for various reasons. So games have kind of taken a bit more of a a front and centre stage uh, at this year's Comic-Con. So a couple of things. There's a new Spider-Man trailer for Spider-Man 2 on on PlayStation 5 that looks incredible. Um, They've just announced, uh, well, in in the trailer, we get our first look at Harry Osborne and it looks like they're they're teasing Harry Osborne to uh to become Venom. Ooh. So they have already showed that Venom's gotta be in it and and they've also got the symbiote suit and certain symbiote powers as well that are gonna be in the new one. Um if you don't know what that is it's basically an alien. Um an alien goo. A big sticky alien guy. Big, sticky yeah that's it. Sticky boys. <laughs> um <laughs> So we're going to see the gaming variant of the Sticky Boy rather than just Tom Hardy's Sticky Boy. We've also got High on Life, which has just been announced that it is now released on PlayStation 5. It's an entertaining game. I've played a a little bit of it. I haven't actually finished it, but now it's on PlayStation 5. I'll probably be 
more inclined to play the whole thing. So it's it's um it's by Squanch Games, same people who've done um accounting simulator, and it's headed up by um the creator of Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites, which is on Disney Plus. It's it's just a it's just a really funny game, and and yeah, as I say, it's now on PlayStation Five. So uh, if you do have a PlayStation Five, I highly recommend giving it a go. Well, um, we're going to go on to sport now, Joe. Um, again, mm-hmm. there's not really, there's not a great deal going on. No, it's kind of like the out season for the football, and um, as you mentioned with the F one, um, which I know you've got a little bit of an update for. Max Verstappen is just sort of just taken away. Um, so we'll, we'll start with the F one, and then we'll get on to the football, which again, there's not much to talk about, and then we'll finish off with the he- the, the funny headline, which I've got a great one this time. So okay, there we go. Um, so go on, yeah, the F one. So... What's going on? So me and Dan had just, just watched the uh, the F1. It was in Hungary today because uh, we were recording this on Sunday. Daniel Ricciardo is back um, yeah. driving for Alfa Tori. This is weird because so they've dropped Nick de Vries mid-season. I'm, I'm quite new to Formula One, but I have never seen a team drop a driver halfway through a season. So that's interesting, and I'm kind of looking forward to watching Drive to Survive when the new season comes out because I think there's probably going to be quite a lot of behind the scenes. Out the AlphaTauri haven't got the fastest car on the grid by any stretch of the imagination. They would have probably been looking to get points because I don't know if you're aware, Mike, how the point system works. If you're outside of the top ten, you don't get any points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they probably would have been looking for a points finish, but. I think for for his first race back, he's he's obviously shown that he can get a better performance out of the car than Yuki can. As you said, Mike Max Verstappen has been running away with it, and he's extended that lead again today, um, coming first in Hungary, followed by Lando Norris, who oh, this weekend and and the previous weekend has actually been smashing it. I don't know what McLaren have done to their car, but. It seems to be working. So, yeah, the McLaren is... I'm really excited because I love McLaren as a team. And to see them back in, in a form where they're getting on the on the, on the the uh, podium and actually putting up a fight against the big boys is is something that we haven't really seen since the days of, of Hamilton being at, at McLaren. Um, so, hopefully, this is, this is a good sign going forward for them, to be honest. Yeah, Red Bull have, have just broken a new world record as well this weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, they've extended their successive wins to 12 um, races in a row, which is as beaten, I think it was McLaren's record, which was 11. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, the Red Bull have just been a cheat code this season. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it doesn't look like there's any signs of them slowing up either. Um, and I think they, they could potentially do the whole season. At this rate, so on, on to the football, Joe. Um, yeah, on, on a previous episode, we were talking about the Chelsea and West Ham kits, and yeah. I was saying how I wasn't a great fan of the uh, the home kit that West Ham brought out, but they've they brought out their new away kit, and I'm a very big fan of this, although I still mm. don't like the rounded collar, I still think it looks like a bit of a choker, but it doesn't seem to be as bad as the home kit. <laughs> um, and I like I like mm. the white. With the claret uh, textures, highlights—I don't know what you call them—the uh, 
sort of ribbons around the like arms. Trims. Yeah, trims. Yeah. 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 So they've done something on a, on a kit that I haven't seen on a West Ham kit before. They've, they've sort of blended in the badge with the kit. So they've got like a chrome uh, outline of the badge and like the hammers and stuff. Um, and it looks really smart, really sleek, really mm. sort of uh, uh, minimalist, if you like. Um, yeah. And if you look at the non-sponsored version of the kit, it just looks lovely. And that's exactly the one I'm going to be buying for this season is the non-sponsored yeah. kit. I think the sponsored kit ruins it. Mm. Because with the big black JD badge and the big black Betway badge, it kind of loses the style that it was going for. Yeah. Yeah. But when you, like you say, when you look at the the de-branded version, I suppose, of the unsponsored version, mm-hmm. it looks really clean and really tidy and it, yeah, yeah just gorgeous, really nice looking yeah. kit. It looks like a classic kit, so. Yeah. Looking at a couple of the other kits, Mike, from, from coming up that have just been announced. So you've got the new Arsenal kit, the green and black. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't, is it green or is it yellow? Is it? I don't know. But it looks, it is it looks jank. horrible. <laughs> it's really horrible. I don't know what they were thinking. And you've got the blue highlights. And yeah, no, not good. I think that, that was a swing and a miss from Adidas. And I think another swing and a miss from Adidas. Now, I don't know if this one's actually been unveiled, but there was some leaked photos of Man United's awakening. Yeah. <laughs> what is it's, that? It's kind of like they went... Uh, oh, Arsenal have the worst kit of the season, and they're like, we'll top "Hold it. my beer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the last bit of uh, football news that I have, uh, Joe, is the oh. England Lionesses are off to a good start in the um, in the Women's World Cup. They had uh, a one nil win against Haiti, um, and it took a 29th minute penalty from Georgia Stanway um, for England to secure the win. Um, and I'm sure me and you will keep a keen eye on how the Lionesses get on in Australia and New Zealand um, and see if they bring football home again like they did with the Euros. Well, yeah, this is I'm really looking forward to this World Cup because they did such an amazing job at the Euros. I know, obviously, now you've introduced the likes of Japan and America. They've been real powerhouses when it comes to the international football. Um, but... England looked good at the World Cup. Yep. Haiti are a decent team, so a 1-0 win, all right. It doesn't look great on the surface, but I think it's a brilliant start. Yeah, and, and considering we're, we're missing a, a couple of names, you know, particularly our captain, um, mm. you know, it, it's good that they're, they're pushing through with the with the hard-fought victories. Um, yeah. So. so just quick, on, on the World Cup, Mike, I'm just going to run through some of the, um, the scores from the World Cup so far. Okay. Um, so starting from New Zealand and Norway, uh, New Zealand won 1 0. Uh, Australia beat Republic of Ireland 1 0. Nigeria drew with Canada 0 0. Uh, the Philippines lost to Switzerland 2 0. Spain beat Costa Rica 3 0. USA beat Vietnam 3 0. Um, Zambia lost 5 0 to Japan. Uh, like you said, Michael, England beat Haiti 1 0. Uh, Denmark beat China 1-0. Sweden beat South Africa 2-1. Netherlands beat Portugal 1-0. And France drew 0-0 with Jamaica. So even looking at those scores, the ones that stood out for me was Japan's 5-0 win over Zambia and 
and the US is 3 0 win over Vietnam. I'm, I'm they are strong I'm, squads. I'm surprised with France because they've got a decent squad as well. Uh, they're, they're one of the powerhouses of women's international football. Um, yeah, I think that's the beauty of international football, especially when it comes to the World Cup, though. You just, yeah, you can never write it. Yeah, you never know. You never know what results no. you're going to get. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how the Lionesses get on and hopefully they bring it home. They bring coming home. Coming home. Coming. No, I'm not going to join in. All right, fuck you then. <laughs> I don't know the words. <laughs> right, Joe. So I have got this week's funny headline. The headline goes. So it's a headline from 2016. Oh. Campaign to change the name of fire ants to Spicy Boys Gather's Pace. <laughs> <laughs> spicy Boys? Yeah. <laughs> Is this like in the similar vein as, as like, you know, when they done boating at boat face? <laughs> when people just like, that's jokes. We're just going to fucking go for it. <laughs> spicy Boys. Spicy Boys. <laughs> All right, so to read the read the article a little bit, it says yeah. it's been a big weekend for petitions. First, one calling for a second referendum on the UK's membership of the EU attracted 1.4 million signatures, uh, and now there's another going viral on a similarly similar oh, fucking word similarly similar 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 similarly. I can't say it, man. Similarly, 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 that it sounds so Maybe. weird. Similarly, similarly, okay. similarly. and now uh, another is going viral on a similarly important topic: the rechristening of fire ants to their rightful name of spasibias. Uh, it's twenty sixteen. There are thirty six genders. Beyblade might be the new Olympic sport. Why aren't we calling fire ants spicy boys? <laughs> Says the <laughs> petition. <laughs> Fire ants. These are the ones that because isn't there a tribe like somewhere um, that put them in gloves and you have to wear the gloves yeah for like an hour. They they also go by red ants and ginger ants. Yeah, so they're the ones that bite you. That are like and they're like one of the highest pains on the pain scale as well. I think. Uh, I don't know. So after a quick Google, Joe. Uh, I have ascertained that there are two hundred over two hundred species of fire ant, also oh, known excuse as. Excuse me, Mike. Spicy boys, please. Oh, sorry, spicy boys. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I'm just getting used to it. Um, <laughs> uh, the the spicy boys' uh, scientific name is genus Solent Solent Solentopsis. Rolls off the tongue, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'll just stick with spicy boys. Yeah. <laughs> Which so begs the question, Joe, what other animal animals or species of animal needs to be renamed? Oh <laughs> I think raccoons should be little robbers because of their masks. <laughs> um and the fact that they do rob from your bins. Um, I think that's what they're nicknamed, aren't they? They're um dumpster burglars or something, aren't they? Dumpster burglars. For, oh. uh, trash pandas is one of them. Or trash panda, that's it, yeah. I'm thinking cows because they've got to have a dumb name, don't they? Because they look dumb. I was I was trying to think of like because they they're obviously not camouflaged in the surroundings that they're <laughs> in. So I was trying to think of something that's a word play on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What about thick boys? Thick boys. <laughs> <laughs> we got spicy boys and thick boys. Thick boys. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking like foxes should be like screamy boys. <laughs> yeah, they're harrowing. I remember like one of the first times that I heard a fox. I, I was on my own and I heard it screeching, man. And I was like close to calling the police. <laughs> I fully thought someone was in trouble. They're I don't. When I used to horrible. live, when I used to live with my dad, we had a a like baby fox stuck on our shed, and it couldn't get down. And it spent hours and hours and hours screeching <laughs> until its mother or parent eventually came and sort of pushed it off. <laughs> oh my god! But I couldn't sleep because I, I my bed was right next to the window, and the window was like the garden window so I, I couldn't i couldn't escape it um, <laughs> well for for about three weeks dan's refused to go into the garden because we've got a toad living underneath our um our garden box at the moment which i've named toby the toad um <laughs> we've, we've also got a couple of bats as well that knock about and we have this kind of routine of a night where Dan will shout, go, the bats are here, the bats are in, and we have to run around the house closing all the windows So <laughs> she's terrified that one's going to fly in one day. But we've, we've named them, um, I named my one Robat, and um, Dan's named hers Batass as well, after Batass. Uh, Botass. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we're one with wildlife at the moment. What, what other animals could we rename? Um... Spiky boy for a hedgehog. For a hedgehog. Are we just doing things that with boy? Slimy boy for a slug. For a slug. <laughs> Sticky boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sticky boy with a hat. He's <laughs> what a snail. <laughs> <laughs> Mobile Sticky boy. <laughs> Tra- 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 traveling sticky boy, traveling sticky boy. <laughs> gypsy sticky boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just to quote the uh, the person who um, created this uh, petition, is it's taken too long for this issue to be dragged into the public eye. Uh, it's time for fire ants nonsense to stop has come. Let's all just agree that spicy boys are called spicy boys and move on. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then the independent has said we have reached out to the International Commission on Zoo- Zoological uh, Nom Collecture for comment. <laughs> oh God, you heard it here first, folks. We are now going to stop calling fire ants fire ants, and they are now, from this moment onwards, going to be known as Spicy Boys. Oh my God. Okay, so I've just gone onto the petition, Joe. It's right. it's still live. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> It says, why does why this petition matters? Oh, there's an update from Hillary Clinton. It's come to my attention that our spicy boys are being spread across the Instagram account of the presidential candidate Hillary, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Uh, this is fucking hilarious. I'm proud of our spicy boys and their progress. However, this is being said. It's also being said that our spicy boys movement is purely to support Donald Trump, which I'd like to clarify is not. This petition was made 
to support Spicy Boys, formerly known as Byron's. <laughs> people can you do what people could do what they want using Spicy Boys to support Donald Trump, but this movement was not originally intended for that. <laughs> this movement, the Spicy Boys, was not intended for any political gain. <laughs> <laughs> It was merely about doing what's right. <laughs> make make fire and spicy boys again. <laughs> um, it's it's gained one hundred and sixty two thousand eight hundred and one signatures. Oh my god! <laughs> which, which if it has a similar thing, because this seems to be an American thing now. Um, but if it has a similar standing as the government petitions. This would have to be debated in Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe we should bring this to our government's attention as well. I'm going to make it a new plan yeah. now for us to also get this recognised in the UK because we think that this is a very, um, very important issue. important issue that we need to uh, that, that we need to finally get recognised. <laughs> so um <laughs> so get the so, word going guys it's it's yeah. spicy so, boys so rishi um we we want your input on this one if you are listening let's let's get this done yeah this is a, this is a worldwide issue forget ukraine forget uh global warming spicy <laughs> boys need our help okay maybe maybe we should pull a just stop oil and just start blocking up all the traffic dressed as massive Spicy boys, <laughs> spicy boys, yeah, like like the like the horse horse outfits. You know, we got two people. Like one the <laughs> yeah, there's like four of us. I just picture it. It's gonna be like you know, you know, like the Chinese New Year with the dragons that they got. It's gonna be like that, but it's just a big and big spicy boy. Oh, we, we can have a, a a a ceremonial parade every year, the spicy parade, <laughs> to celebrate the spicy boy. I think we need to do this. If not, we have to do like the London Marathon or something. <laughs> Well, <laughs> on we that note, Joe, let's go and get this pe uh, petition uh, signed off in Parliament. Should we go do that now? Let's go do that now. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We've got a very important social issue to to uh, deal with now. And we'll, we'll keep you updated as we go on with that. Um, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And like I say, uh, keep an eye out for all of the polls that we'll be putting on um all of our various social media accounts and um as we said last week do get in touch with us we will respond and um we we will probably bring it up in in future episodes um so you know get on to us on all of our various social media accounts and join the chat today anything to anything to add joe um You have been listening to the Missing Intelligence Pod. Joe, where can people come and join the chat? Well, you can tweet us on Twitter. You can slide into our DMs on Instagram. 
duet us on TikTok, poke us on Facebook, don't subscribe to us on YouTube, or um, uh, what do you do on Threads? I don't know. Um, like so maybe. So us on Threads is that a thing? I don't know. I'd... It's so new. So us on Threads. There you go. Why not? All of them are at the Missing Intel Pod. So find us there and let us know your thoughts and join the chat today. Mm-hmm.